views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Well, welcome back. Apparently, I was muted, which is really funny because I don't know if anyone heard it, but I was just starting to go into a rant and an onslaught of insult against you because I wanted to make you feel bad by saying you're useless, ugly, fat, nothing's going to help you. And some of the microphone didn't work. So again, I didn't want to make you feel bad, but I wanted to make you realize that this is exactly probably what happens in your head all the time when you are self-critical or even self-loathing. Now, when I tell you those things, it feels terrible. How dare he? What does he know about me? But when we do this to ourselves, when we call ourselves useless, fat, hopeless, no one loves us, it's almost like the background noise of the refrigerator. It just is there. And We don't really challenge it. We don't really respond to it. We kind of either accept it or try to distract ourselves from it. Now, I just came back from England. And the nice occasion for this visit was that my sister got married first time with a wonderful man. And I was actually having the privilege to get her to the altar, which was Really just, yeah, gives me goosebumps just to think about it. Now, my sister was probably a master in self-loathing. And she was someone who always beat herself up and never really believed in herself. And unfortunately, when we do that, we do also create then relationships and we create situations that are confirming exactly that, what we are feeling about ourselves. But my sister is also the shining example of not giving up on working on herself, not giving up finding herself and not giving up finding love, which was really what all along she wanted so badly. And all along she told herself she can't have. So this example with my sister gave me also today really this, uh, yeah, excitement about sharing with you a little bit about my work on self-loathing and how you can start on this journey of healing whatever is inside of you that beats you down, that kicks you when you already feel bad, that tries to keep you small. And 
also tells you ultimately exactly what I did at the beginning of the show, that you're useless. Now, self-loathing is not something that you have to feel bad about if you're doing it, because as I said, most of us are doing it. And, and it's not just about the you know relentless negative voice. Self-loathing, a form of self-loathing is also when we use the cover-up of self-boasting. So when you do see people that are saying, oh, I'm the greatest and I'm the best and you should thank me and you should respect me and deep inside is often also a, a self-loathing voice that just says, okay, you need to get control. You need to get approval. You need to know that you're the best. You need to not accept any criticism because deep inside that part doubts and worries and wonders and feels just like those that beat themselves up, ultimately unworthy. Now, self-loathing is a form of self-aggression. It is that really like the cutting of the mind, the cutting of our heart, where we, for some reason, create that pain over and over again, often based on that shame that we feel, the shame of not being good enough, the shame that there is something wrong with us. And it does show up for most people with negative self-talk, with anxiety, with maybe even a, a sense of depression. And today I want to talk about two people that I worked with, and let's uh, call them Nate and Alex. And Alex uh, was a person who really had um, a lot of uh, doubt in herself, especially when it came to belonging, when it came to lovability, when it came to that sense of being good enough for someone to even be able to commit to her. And Nate was more feeling that ultimately he's not important. He felt not good enough and he felt always overlooked. And all he really wanted is just to get a sense that someone cares and that he somehow matters. When they came to me, they both were anxious, insecure, depressed, but they also had gone to pretty much anything and everyone and tried all those possible avenues to overcome those feelings and overcome that self-loathing. And at some point was almost that they gave up. Now, what they didn't realize until they looked inside that whatever their feeling was about poisoning themselves, whatever they felt like, felt like, well, somehow some part of me wants to maybe hurt me, punish me, or even kill me. I don't understand it. Why does my mind do this? Whatever was happening inside of them, once they looked a little bit deeper and they realized, well, there is actually a good reason why this happens. This is not just some kind of a diagnosis that needs to be slapped on the foreheads of my mind. It's actually something that has a reason to be there. And the mind has a reason to make that. And the reason is ultimately self-protection. And that's something we want to talk about. How is it that we are 
creating self-loathing? What are the stages? What are the steps? How do we make that even happen, that there is that energy inside of us that is all about ultimately self-denial, denial of joy, denial of confidence, denial of worthiness? And what can we do to overcome it? What can we do to not get stuck in it? And that's exactly what this program today is about. Now, I love the subconscious mind, as you know. I'm a big fan of it. I believe the subconscious is ultimately that, uh, you know, it's like the headquarters of our our life, our mind, our body, and uh, if you believe also of our soul or higher consciousness. It's where everything somehow comes together. And it is also that irrational part of our mind that is responsible for emotions, patterns, beliefs, and these can be sometimes very positive and empowering patterns, and it can also just be old, apparently self-limiting, self-destructive patterns, patterns that somehow we fight against and we struggle with, and that's when we get uh, you know, the subconscious into a bad reputation. That's when we are feeling like, okay, the subconscious is not to be trusted, and it's actually against me. But when it comes to self-loathing, the subconscious has a plan. The subconscious knows exactly what it's doing, and it's based upon the past. Well, this is where self-loathing is not your idea. So whatever you have been thinking about, well, you know what? It's my fault. It's me who is somehow limited or flawed. And the self-loathing is simply a reflection on that reality. That is not true. We are not born with self-loathing. You're not popping out of the womb and crying, oh my God, hide me. I'm not good enough. No, you actually have pretty loud voice and you kind of protest against that coldness that already envelops you and probably you're hungry and you miss your mommy and all of those things that happen. And so there is some sense of worthiness that comes right from the start. I deserve to cry. I deserve to get fed. I deserve to be warm. And you don't dare to not give me those things. So eventually then this natural confidence, that sense of worthiness somehow dissipates, somehow gets taken away. How? That's what we're going to talk about after the break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. believe you are meant to live with more joy but you're just not sure how to get it what does the phrase give me the joy make you feel join me lynn horde every second and fourth thursday 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern on the give me the joy show as i take you on a journey to peel back the layers so you can take back your joy to find out more about my work as the joy coach including my popular programs joy school and joy at work visit lynnhorde.com Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. 
working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium, is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. A space of allowing radio with Coach Nancy Coco, welcoming all that wants to be present today. Tune in Thursdays every first and third week at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Coach Nancy helps you find a space of allowing. Join Coach Nancy to explore what lives at your edges and to bring more of yourself home. For more information, visit NancyCocoCoaching.com. Hi, I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. And this is a tip with purpose. When the old anger and stress are triggered, stop, breathe. See what you're doing and tell yourself no more. Breathe and walk away. See your anger for what it really is. It's quite destructive. Don't take excuses for excuses. Take more of, yes, I can, and move forward. I hope this tip helps you going through the day today. You can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at theswisshypnotherapy.com. You can write me an email and I give 30 minutes free consultation. Hypnotherapy is there for you. Demystifying the journey on From Here to There Radio with your host, Diane Garris. Tune in every third Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Diane helps you get from where you are now to the life you envision. Get ready to get unstuck and move forward. Every show features a new special segment, New Age Notes, demystifying hot metaphysical topics of the day. For more information or to work with Diane, visit DianeGarris.com. Well, welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I will not start with an insult again. Uh, we talked about self-loathing and how and why does the subconscious, our mind, create self-loathing, especially when you think about that the subconscious has just two jobs, keeping us safe and making us happy. And you could say like, well, self-rejection, self-aggression, self-denial, self-loathing is not really making you happy. Does it make you safe? Well, that's a big question, right? Because let's look at Nate and Alex. So popping out of the womb, feeling like really entitled to get all the needs met. Then what happened next was that for Alex, she got to school, kindergarten and all these other phases. And she noticed that somehow girls didn't like her. Somehow they were always against her, especially the popular girls, which she wanted to belong to. Now, the fact that her mom didn't dress her in the nicest clothes based on not having enough money certainly didn't help, especially with those girls that were a little bit more inclined to be mean, probably also because they deep inside were loathing themselves. But Alex was very sensitive. And so she felt, oh, my God, you know, why don't they like me? What's wrong with me? How can I be liked? And she was just... You know, in some ways, feeling like an outsider for a long time during her childhood. 
And rather than feeling angry at these girls, she felt angry at herself. That is the choice point that really makes it all begin. This is where it starts. You can choose to feel like they are wrong. This is not how I'm supposed to be treated. I got to look for friends that like me. Or you can internalize it and get angry at yourself and feel like, well, somehow there must be something wrong with me. And that was also true for Nate. Well, Nate just got ignored by his parents who were incredibly busy, had more kids. And, and he, again, a kid that really needed a little bit more attention, didn't get it. And so he felt somehow, why is that, that work is more important for the parents? Why is it that I'm not getting any help with my homework? Why is it that when I'm hurt, no one is around to give me a Band-Aid? So he, again, internalized it. And that happens all the time. You know, it happens also when people get molested, abused. Very, very often, there is an internalization about making them the ones that are at fault, making themselves feel ashamed and guilty, feeling that they are the ones that need to be blamed. And so if there is something in your history that you can look back and you could say, well, you know, I made that choice. I made that choice to somehow blame myself. You could say, take responsibility, but somehow put it all on my shoulders and put it all inside of me. And that's phase number one, and that's early. And phase number two is then when something inside of us says, wait a second, maybe there is another option. Let's compensate for that. Let's try and find out how we can get our needs met. Now, for Alex, that was to, uh, you know, basically get attention from the other gender. Because at some point she figured out, oh, I'm actually pretty. Somehow I get attention. Somehow the boys like me. And then she was focusing on that. She focused on relationships. She focused on being, you know, with boys in order to somehow feel valued and important. Now, unfortunately, her insecurity and herself of not being good enough always somehow came through. And as soon as some boyfriend maybe was cheating on her or losing interest in her, she didn't, again, get mad at that person. She got mad at herself. She felt it was her fault. She wasn't enough. She didn't give that boy what he wanted. And it just, that self-beating, that bashing just continued. And that was even on some level worse for Nate, who figured out that he was smart. And he thought, okay, I need to be a high achiever. I need to have always the best grades. And when he didn't, when he just had a B or a B plus, he literally hit his head against the wall until he was bleeding. It was so bad, that self-rejection, that self-loathing. And these patterns continued into their adults. They continued through these trials and tribulations, somehow always adding to the self-loathing because there were these compensatory mechanisms that never worked out. Alex didn't find that consistency and committed love that she wanted. And Nate didn't really succeed the way he thought he should, the way he thought that maybe society is expecting it from him. 
So the phase three then happens where there's a sense of defeat, a sense of giving up. For Alex, it meant closing in, just losing interest, feeling like, you know what? I don't even try. I don't try to be pretty. I don't try to go out. I don't try to meet anyone. I'm actually just not even leaving the house. And she even avoided to look in the mirror. After all these times of feeling that whatever she tried, she was only proven to not be enough, that was enough for her. And that is that giving up phase of self-loathing. And for Nate, it just meant after several attempts to be successful and reach the goals and somehow being let down and somehow having some disappointments and failures that he just got stuck in a job he hated, but somehow it didn't challenge him because his expectations got lower and lower with that sense of self-loathing. Now, all of that sounds pretty bad, right? I mean, it sounds like, oh my God, you know, when you're losing yourself, you're pretty much, you're pretty much stuck, trapped. You can't get out. Well, that is not true because what you can figure out is, okay, why did this happen? Not only why, like I pointed out in these three steps, but why did the subconscious do that? And that is where the examining of the past is so powerful. You can heal your self-loathing with three, it's not steps. I would say it's three different approaches that all together are making the difference. One is that you become curious, curious about yourself, curious again about what really happened to me and what else is inside of me, who else can I be and how else can I think about myself and also the past. And then there is compassion, having compassion for yourself. Someone who really rejects himself usually doesn't have any compassion. They believe they deserve the beating. They believe they deserve the rejection. They believe they deserve the letdown, even from the universe. And that compassion for your own pain, compassion for the pain that was caused to you and that you caused yourself, that is almost like the, the healing bomb, the energy that then also allows you then to do the third thing, which is to be committed to yourself. Because when you're suffering from self-loathing, your commitment to yourself is pretty much nil. What I mean with that is that you're not really committed to becoming better because you're so kind of, you know, stuck and it's so familiar for you to be in that low place. You're not really committed to your happiness in regards to being flexible to what makes you happy. You know, like Alex and Nate, they had like this one track that they thought, this is what I need to have. This is what I need to get in order to prove myself that I'm worthy or that I'm lovable. And then I'm going to be happy. Now, when you're committed to your happiness, you're more flexible. You're more open. You're looking for other avenues. And that's exactly what the work with Alex and Nate was all about. Looking at other avenues and looking at other ways to understand and see themselves in a much brighter light. Now, there is a text I got from, by the way, if you have a question, you can always go to the text box 
in uh, Transformation Talk Radio and then ask a question, or you can also call in and I will give you the call in number. It's 1 800 930 2819. Again, 1 800 930 2819. And I'm not beating myself up that I still don't really know this number by heart. But in any case, when you, um, uh, what, what the question was, was Mary. Mary said, I started to hate myself at the age of 11 when an older neighbor boy molested me. I didn't dare to tell anybody because I believed I was dirty and that it was my fault. Why is that still something I'm holding on to? Well, there is, of course, the trauma, the trauma of the abuse. And there is, of course, also that ensuing belief, the belief not only of not being worthy, not only the belief of not being good enough or being dirty or flawed, but also the belief of not being safe and that no one really cares. Now, your example, Mary, is also that there is that, as I said, that early imprint, that it's not your idea. It's not even you that you're feeling when you're feeling unworthy or when you are in the loathing, you may actually feel the energy of that boy that did this to you. There have been quite interesting psychological studies that found that when you are that, you know, young and open and vulnerable, and you're still trying to figure out who am I? How is the world really turning and what am I supposed to be? How can I see myself? That in that openness, we are like little sponges. We are taking on all these energies and all these emotions and everything that we feel and every action that is taken, every word that is uttered, not even directed at us, but just surrounding us is considered as if it is something to be taken personal. And what's so interesting is when you have uh, experienced situation like abuse, like in your case, or maybe just fighting parents that were not getting along. As an innocent child, you take that on and you feel the energy and eventually that energy distracts you from yourself. You kind of forget for a moment or for longer who you are and you are identifying yourself more with what happened to you or what's surrounding you. And that is where we are, you know, implementing and uh, taking on and uh, sponging up those intense emotions and energies that are projected on us, just like abuse. Now, a lot of the clients I work with that have been abused have, by, you know, working with the subconscious mind, realized that the person who abused them was not only pushing their physical body on them, but they also were pushing their energy on them. And that energy was often rage, anger, and underneath a lot of guilt and shame and self-hatred. And that self-hatred and that sense of anger was transferred to the victim and was basically taken on by the subconscious mind. And this is one reason why often in those moments that, again, question arises, 
is it me who needs to be angry at them? Or is it me who needs to be angry at myself? And since the subconscious is already in some ways, you know, vibrating in the anger that someone projected on the victim, it's easier to say, okay, I'm just going to internalize that anger because it must be, of course, me and not the other person. So when you are examining your past, we're going to go for a break in a moment, but when you're examining the past, just think about where did I not only take maybe criticism personally or judgment or like in Nate's and Alex's cases, maybe a form of bullying or neglect, but where did I also take on their energies, stress, insecurity, or again, maybe also as self hatred or self-rejection that wasn't really yours, but you may have taken on. When we call, when we come back, we will talk more about this. And of course, what can you do about it? Stay tuned. how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. It's called the Practice of Living Awareness, and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the Practice of Living Awareness. 
If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the Practice of Living Awareness is free, online, and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about how to move from self-loathing to self-acceptance and self-appreciation. Now, phase one of self-loathing, I just uh, mentioned, was about the past and the imprints of the past. You know, the map that you get, the owner's manual that you somehow pick up from your early years. And I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes about the inner child work and the early years that it's such pop psychology of the 70s. And, well, you know, it still is true. Didn't change. Our mind didn't change in 30 years. There is no Netflix in our head. There is really still that what has been there for a long, long time. There is a mind that is maybe a little bit more challenged these days because it's so filled to the brim and many times confused about what should I really think and how do I really navigate through these endless possibilities and how can I really see myself in, in a clear light because everyone seems to have another opinion about me and somehow there are so many avenues to pursue and so many ways to be. So our mind is you know, maybe needing a little bit more attention than in the past. But the point is, when you are in your early years getting those imprints, just like you in your early years, learn how to walk, to talk, to eat, to wipe your butt. I mean, that is basically the same thing that the early years make a huge difference in how you pursue your life and how you see yourself. So if you had these early imprints where... Maybe your parents told you something about you through criticism, which is a lie. You know, my parents told me many lies. And some of the lies they told me is that I'm so tall because I was watching so much TV. Or, you know, my mom always said, you know, every time you touch something in the store, a kitten dies. I mean, you know, there are a lot of lies parents tell you. And there are lies that they tell you about yourself by telling you, things that are just meant to maybe maybe motivate you or maybe to reprimand you or get you on the you know, straight and narrow. But those lies have had impacts and those impacts are then those impacts that you now still are dealing with with negative self-talk. Self-loathing wouldn't exist without negative self-talk, without that what some people call monkey mind, that part inside of you that just is turning and turning and turning and and what do you do with it? Do you really have to just ignore it, shoot it, get rid of it? Or is there something that may just want your attention? And I think that's something where we have to go through that rewriting of our story, rewriting of our owner manual, rewriting of that, what has been distorted, you know, like the funny mirror in the, in a fair where you just go there and you don't see yourself really who you are. You see yourself still through those 
eyes of the past. So what I suggest for you through this just curiosity is to go inside and, and think about, well, the voice that I'm hearing, that that negative voice and the, the things it's focusing on, maybe your looks, your smarts, whether you're fitting in, whether you can be successful, whether you're lovable, whatever it is. When you think about that voice, what does it sound like? Does it sound like maybe someone that told you those things? Or does it sound like that maybe this voice could be from a part of you that felt like this for a long, long time. And if that's the case, you can ask yourself, how old is that voice probably? How old is that voice that tells me all of those things that really make me feel down or make me still try to compensate for my obvious shortcomings? What age could that be? Five, seven, 10? And then comes the compassion. If you can understand that the part of you that is still feeling that somehow you're not good enough and somehow it needs to protect you, it needs to protect you from others by reminding you that you're not good enough, reminding you to either work hard, look for any way you can please others, look for the avoidance of rejection, or simply hide out. Don't forget that you are not good enough, that part that may say all those things to be the one that already hurts you before you can hurt by someone else, that already gets you out of the temptation to try again because it predicts already more pain and more hurt, that voice inside of you that is still in survival mode, that is maybe a child, a child in your mind that just needs a little attention and a little TLC. And if you are looking back and you're thinking about, okay, where do these imprints come from and how have I been really misguided and maybe lied to, then your responsibility is to set the record straight. Your responsibility is to sit down and listen to the voice, face the voice, just like you do when you do mindfulness meditation, but then just staring at the voice is not enough. You need to respond to it. You need to answer to it. And the way you can answer to it is by coming from the heart, is by really assuming what the voice is saying is not the truth. It comes from the past. It comes from a lie. It comes from a projection. It comes from someone else that is not me. Eric wrote me today, and which was really fitting, a little email because we just had talked about exactly that issue. We talked about how he was always beating himself up and how he was always feeling that he is not enough and very critical. And he wrote to me after we discussed that there is a child inside that may still look for answers, that still may feel like, you know, the job of protecting you is hard. The job of dugging and hiding is too much and it's not really enjoyable. Can you please help me? So he said, I had a breakthrough last night of sorts. I woke up at 2.30 and when the first thoughts popped in my conscious mind, I became very anxious. Instead of fighting the negative thoughts, I then redirected my thinking to my younger self and asked what was bothering him. 
I tried to reassure him and tell him that I was there for him and I was going to take care of him. And then I felt this wave of peace and love come over me. It was intense and beautiful. I'm not sure where it came from, but I know it came from a higher place and a healing place. And that is the gift of paying attention to the voice that tries to tell you all those horrible things that you either were buying into or you got even more angry at yourself for having them in the first place. Going to that place of compassion, going to the place of assuming, you know what, I know that you at some point made the decision to internalize your anger, internalize that sense of that is not right and telling you, I am not right. I need to feel ashamed. And when you have that compassion, then you have an access to your subconscious mind. Then you have an access to that little self that just wants answers. So just like you may, as a child, have tried to get the attention of the parents, whether you were bullied, whether you were neglected, whether you were abused. You wanted attention. You wanted reassurance. You wanted a hug. And you didn't get it. Maybe you felt too ashamed to ask for it. Maybe you didn't feel worthy enough. But now is a time to do this for yourself. And it's never too late. I talked to a client today who is in his 50s. And he said after just a few weeks of that really addressing his child, he felt that there's almost no negative self-talk anymore. And it's very easy. It's not very hard, but it needs to be also consistent. And that is where a lot of people have trouble with. You know, that sense of, okay, I have now this idea that there is something inside of me that is not right, is believing in a past lie, is trying to protect me. And now I am with compassion regarding this and helping this part of me to feel more safe. And we'll get to it in a little bit, how to go more specifically about this redirection. However, when you just do it for a day or two days, and then you drop it again, and then you feel, oh, I'm better, so why should I continue? Well, that part of you isn't satisfied. That part of you doesn't feel it can trust you. It doesn't feel safe. And, and often then that self-loathing and that shame and that depression or anxiety gets even worse. So there is a need to also spend some time, four, five, six weeks or months with a part of you that never really felt it belonged or it was important to anyone. And you can help that part of you to feel this way. Now, a lot of people are wondering, well, if I'm really not liking myself, if I'm criticizing myself, if I'm loathing myself, what positive things can I find? How can I even tell something to this child inside of me? Should I lie? Should I just make something up? How does that work? We'll talk about this right after the break. What is holding you back from living the life you were meant to live? Why is it vital to believe in something bigger than yourself? Are you in physical or emotional pain? Tune in monthly to Vibrant Purposeful Living. Awaken the vibrant life within you with Lou Paradise and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Clue's passion is to help everyone experience positive solutions for life. Find out more about Lou with Vibrant Purposeful Living at louparadise.com. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Would you like your next chapter to be free from fear and angst? Tune in to Your Next Chapter Radio, navigating through life's transitions with Shelley Ryan the fourth Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shelley's contagious enthusiasm guides you through life's transitions deliberately, mindfully, and funnily. For Your Next Chapter Coaching or to listen, visit YourNextChapterCoaching.com or call 602-617-8351. Next! Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Are you tired of being tired? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the adrenal glands, the workhorse of the body? They are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way. Tiny but mighty, producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality. These adrenals determine how you respond to stress, and when depleted, the body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much-needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back to uh, Empowerment Radio. By the way, the shows are since a few episodes now, always on Facebook Live. And uh, I want to give a shout out to all those that are on Facebook Live and especially Arch, who has made such nice comments and summaries about what we just talked about. So thank you, Arch. We talked about that self-loathing is not inherently bad and it's not your idea. It's often a reaction to something that happened. And also that there is, when it comes to self-loathing, a very protective nature to it. And that this part of us that ultimately, since early on, wants to protect us, needs you to step up and take on that role of being the guide protector and the one that sets the record straight that expresses really clearly this is how I want to see myself 
And before the break, I asked, so how do we do this, especially when we have only negative thoughts? How can I give whatever part inside of me wants to feel better and to see things maybe more in a positive light? How can I give this part of me advice if I don't have it? Well, this is where the curiosity comes in again. Now, what you do know is when you examine the past that you don't need to remain in those patterns of the child and you don't need to any longer be protected by an inner child. You can take on that role much better than that part of you. What you also know is that there is probably much more to you than you have given yourself really credit or time or energy to look for. And that it's time for you to take your power back, to no longer be in the shadow of the past and to whatever people did to you or put upon you, but that you want to be free of that. And that you want to, with that curiosity, go on the adventure to find out what else is there. What were the lies and what is really the truth of who I am? And that's all you need to really know at the beginning. Little self, you're safe. And together, we're going to figure out what else is there. Who else are we? And that is where examining your values is so powerful. You know, back to Nate and Alex, you know, Alex thought basically her you know, purpose in life is to find love and to be with uh, you know, boyfriends and please them, make them happy. And, and that really didn't make her happy. And that created only more of that self-loathing. And through remembering a little bit more of what happened way back when she wasn't interested in boys, what just was she really interested in? Who was she at that time? What is her you know, innocent truth? She remembered that she always wanted to make a difference in the world. And that there was always a curiosity about God, the universe, spirituality. And when she remembered that, something shifted inside of her. And she realized, no, I don't identify myself any longer with some guys and how they treat me. I am identifying myself with something deeper inside, some, something like a purpose or a mission or some gifts that I really want to share here with the world. And that opened up a whole new avenue for her. And from that point on, she was able to see more and more her talent. She was able to appreciate herself more. And she was also finding a whole new zest for life. Now, for Nate, it was the opposite. He always thought that he needs to be successful, makes money, and uh, you know, have all these wonderful uh, status symbols that would make him finally be someone who is respected and seen. And, and he realized what he really wants is just a family. What he really wants is love. What he really wants is just sharing with someone the adventure of life. And, and that shifted everything. That is when he was focusing more on finding love and relationships and less on making more money or advancing in the career. And and it brought him a greater sense of fulfillment. So just look at your values. You know, maybe you have been feeling like, well, I should fit in, but what you really want is freedom. Maybe you had that feeling of that, you know, how other people see you 
is the most important thing and and feeling that you maybe are, you know, uh, appreciated or that you have a sense of belonging to the tribe, but your highest value is actually your creativity and your uniqueness. Maybe you always felt like, well, I just want to, you know, be um, creative, but I want to be seen for my craft. But then you realize, you know, what I really want is teaching others what it is, what I'm doing, and and not necessarily be the one that is in the spotlight. You know, there are, as I said before, that, you know, the curiosity, the, the flexibility of finding out more about who you are. And for me, it certainly, as I mentioned before in shows, it was freedom. It was a realization, yes, I can go for career like I was told I have to. Yes, I can become a professor, and maybe that's going to make me happy, but it didn't. And so I was looking for freedom. I was looking for that, what is really my purpose in regards to making a difference in this world. And that was not the academic career that I started a long time ago, but it was much more now talking with you on the radio and helping clients and writing books and things like that that are that is much more uh, in my heart. and. And so that is something where you then also are rewriting this owner's manual. And the other part of it is also for you to take more um, attention to what you're good at. Be more aware of your gifts and talents. Be more willing to praise yourself or take praise in. No matter how much you have been loathing yourself, every day, you have reasons to feel good about yourself, maybe because people actually tell you, give you a compliment, compliment or, or show you that they appreciate what you're doing, who you are, and you just have been deflecting it, ignoring it, deleting it. So also be aware of that your environment actually may reflect back to you a whole different image of what you have been telling yourself. And when you take off those distorted glasses of that little part of you that felt safer in self-loathing, then you may also see more clearly who you are. I can actually light up a room in a, with a smile. I'm a great cook. Animals feel drawn to me. It's amazing that I'm the one who can see a homeless person and give him a dollar when everyone else ignores them. Whatever those things are that you feel like, well, that's really who I am. That is really my truth. It's not the beating myself up. It's actually having compassion for those that are still doing that to themselves. It's having empathy for those that are still hiding behind some kind of a compensatory mechanism of making themselves somehow feel important or good enough about themselves. It is maybe the little difference that you feel you can make just by your presence in the world that will then give that inner self a new identity, a new sense of purpose, and realizing that you are an integral part of this web of life and that you are very much needed for this planet to heal and to become even a better place. Well, again, the hour is always going by fast. And at the end, I always feel a little Ooh, I have to get it all in because there is so much to talk about. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just being curious about yourself, for the compassion and commitment to yourself. And if you need to 
uh, really or want to reach out and need more support, you can always reach me at thefearandanxietysolution.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Friedman Schaub, Twitter, Instagram, and so on, or just an email at info at thefearandanxietysolution.com. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.